All right, friends, family, friends who have become familia, welcome to your favorite hour-ish of the beautiful game every week. As always, welcome to the Front Hooligans podcast presented to you by the SSAW Network. I am your co-host, Osahan, here, as always, with my guy, Brian. How you doing, man? Uh, busy week, you know, just all about the work and getting to get getting to watch these games as well. I mean, some of the Champions League games um, were a bit of a bummer uh, this time around. Not really anything too interesting. The PSG Bayern matchup was uh, box office. But oh, sure. um, yeah, you know, getting to watch that. And then, you know, uh, as of recording, you know, Friday night, almost Saturday morning here uh, around the midnight hour of the uh, East Coast and Everton and Tottenham. And I just want to say to Everton and Tottenham, what the f was that? Yo, for both of you sides. Okay, Harry Kane Yo. scored two brilliant goals. Brilliant, but Michael Keane and Mason Holgate suck as a pair. You take Yuri Mina out of that lineup, and they look like a relegation defensive line. Like they they were horrible. They were horrible. They I mean, Alex Awobi, yeah. Alex Awobi's worst game at Everton. Period. Because when Seamus Coleman got in there, they looked like a freaking whole different whole different team. team. That's what led to a f- beautiful goal, the beautiful goal, that beautiful goal cross, yeah, by Sigurdsson. Yeah. I mean, Sigurdsson's been on fire, and we, you know, we've given him his his flowers. I guess we're diving straight in today. That I think Everton finally realized they can play Sigurdsson and Rodriguez at the same time. They can and it's a beautiful and it thing. works. They ran this. They ran a yeah. three five one one. With uh, Hamas playing like almost like a second striker, like a hybrid second striker number ten, it it worked. There's no reason they should have lost this match to to. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Should have come out with a draw. They might as well have lost. Come out with a draw to Tottenham. Um, both teams come with a point. I think it's Tottenham is one point ahead of Everton as a result. The race for that's right. We've we've said it before. And it keeps getting spicier and spicier. And I, this is where we're going to you know, start this show off with. The race for four, yeah, we'll call it four through like seven or four through eight in the Prem is super tight right now. You're looking at uh, West Ham. And shout out to you, Brian, because you said this, Mr. Football Manager. You said this at the, right before the season started. Keep an eye out for West Ham. And West Ham has not disappointed this season at all. You said they just need a couple more and pieces. People forget. Go ahead. People forget last year they were through having to start Mark Noble for 25 games because of all the injuries that they had in the midfield. Right. Lanzini was out. Right. Yarmolenko was out long term. You had Antonio who nobody knew what the hell was going to happen with him. Um, Fabianski finds his old form back. Yeah. And all of a sudden you bring, you know, Issa Diop's form drops off completely. Right. People forget Issa Diop's fall is literally like a gem as monumental as any yeah and then you bring in all of a sudden you bring in craig dawson who's as solid as it gets Mm -hmm. back there uh cresswell who's very interesting uh he does not play like an he's very trippier like he's very yeah that's a that's a great comparison like it's very very weird because his crosses are beautiful like um and then um i forget the dude on the other side who's really good too uh, mufal i think bufal yeah yeah yeah, bufal He's good. And I love that front four. Uh, Antonio, Bowen, um, you know, of course, they're going to have to figure out how to get Lingard in there permanently. Permanent, yeah. But, but man, like, 
They look good. Just, just they yeah. look good. They they hung. I mean, Jared out. Bowen and Jesse Lingard, that, and then that, you that, can throw anybody you want on that left side. That's you stellar. can do anybody you want. These they they hung four goals on Leicester. This is a Leicester team that is in third place, and I mean we've said it. They we don't trust Leicester. Uh, we can see them having a slide, but they hung four goals on Leicester and put a lot of pressure on the teams below them. Uh, right behind them in fifth is Chelsea, and behind Chelsea is Liverpool. Holy crap, Brian! We before the third is started, not that far off either. No, yeah. before the season started, Brian, we had Liverpool in the top four, Chelsea in the top four as well. They're right. they're looking at missing Champions League action. Well, Liverpool was always kind of a. Uh... Once the Van Dyke injury happened, Van, the top four guarantee kind of fell off the table. Okay. Um, for me, Everton was always going to compete for top six, not for top eight. Um, that was the expectation. I, I expected Villa to kind of be a little bit better than they are right now, True. to be honest. Yeah. But the Grealish injury there, and they, they only won. They, only, they drew two. And yeah, the Grealish injury, in this, uh, in the injury probably cost them four or five points. But. I mean, Leeds United have played almost as well as expected. Mm-hmm. Um, Crystal Palace are just god awful. Brighton are god awful. Burnley are god awful. Um, but these, but those are teams. And then we'll we'll get to the relegation zone in a second. Yeah, but those are those middle of the table teams. Much over, those but. middle of the table teams, like they have potential, but they yeah they're very disjointed. So you have moments of brilliance from like a Crystal Palace, for example. You have moments of brilliance when they got those young guys flying all over the pitch. And uh, yeah. what's his name? Spearheading the attack. Uh, Zaha spearheading the attack. But most games well, they look pedestrian. Zaha won't be there next year, correct? Because here's what here's what I would love to see. Um, West Ham needs someone no, to put on the left side of that. that front four. Don't say that. Come on, Brian. Zaha, Lingard, Bowen, and Antonio. Please, Brian. I will that would be plug nice. on this episode right now. You're ridiculous. Go ahead and send him over to United. You think West Ham's gonna? Get, that's not even gonna get. That's that's only gonna get West Ham the third though. It, that's true. At best, third. That's true. They're not. That's not gonna put them over City and a healthy Liverpool and a healthy United like that. They're probably third to fifth still. Brian, but at least Zaha gives them an inside forward Brian. that can complement Bowen on the other side. And if they don't get Lingard, then guess what? You can still figure out how to get Dean Ghana back from a relegated West Brom. Whoa. Cause that would be yeah. interesting as well. Cause Zaha with Dean Ghana would work. And two very free, and, free flowing players. And they would get Dean Ghana probably for a discount. Just saying. I don't know if there's a release clause on there. I think there was, there was no buyback. Right. Right. I, you know, Brian. So I don't know why they didn't just do a one year loan. Like I can understand if they did a one year loan, I can kind of understand that. But no, they, they bought it outright. That's crazy. Brian, I got a crazy proposition. Do you see any way in heaven or hell that United can catch Man City and win the no. Premier League? No. No. No? Even if they went out, I, I just think City are too... Um, I mean, when you go 23 wins, five draws, four losses. I mean, if United had another two wins on the table to this point, I would say yes with the way they're playing. But I mean, city at this point, at best, they're at, at, at best, they're 11 points ahead at worst. They're what eight, they're nine points ahead right now. So yeah, nine point. Well, basically nine to 12 points ahead with a game. in so, hand. So I'm sorry. United a has a game in hand. 
Right. So, I mean, factoring that in there, I still think City's already pretty much won the title. Like, it's 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 kind of going to happen again. But as we've come to show, I mean, City don't prove anything by winning just the Premier League in their eyes. Right. That's not good enough for them anymore. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, I think for United, winning Europa League, I wouldn't really personally care. No, I think... I mean, you go for it at this point. I mean, if it's our, if it's stopping Arsenal from getting the Champions League, absolutely, United should go for it. But I mean, should they go full throttle over trying to secure second place in the Premier League? Absolutely, no. I think not. I would rather have second place in the Premier League because you know what? I agree. The money they're going to be able to bring in that will finally offset some of their losses. So United might be able to say sell Pogba, have a little leverage in selling a Pogba, and go into the off season with two hundred million instead of maybe one twenty. Which one twenty is still a lot of money, but for United, two hundred opens the ballpark. Two hundred, go you maybe for a Holland move. Two hundred, go get Holland. Holland like move? You said, get Holland. I mean, Holland might be one hundred and forty million get euros Holland. right and now. That's the way 60, I think it's going to go down. Too. You still have sixty left to get. Oh, and and Eric Bailly's uh, uh, money's coming off the books as well. His wages are coming off. The I mean, books. if Bailly and Smalling are sold, say if Bailly and Smalling are sold, yeah, you should be able to get twenty five to thirty million for those players. I wouldn't mind. Maybe actually, maybe twenty twenty five. I don't mind United getting a uh, Wilfred and Didi. I mean, Juan Mata comes off the book, so that's that's oh, another yeah. five six million right there. Yeah, because of the wage. United's gonna have money. They are. Rojo comes off the Rojo's book permanently. Yeah, they they're gonna have money, and they're the not the front runners, but I, I mean, like if they're gonna get Paul Torres, Pal. Oh, okay, right? okay. Let's. I mean, I would rather that. get Jules Kwanda. I get Jules Kwan. They're not even. They're I'd not even chasing. Kwan. They're not even chasing Kwanda at this point. They've, uh, from what I've I've read, they're going. Uh, I mean, if I'm going to pay 80 million euros for a center back, Kwanda and Maguire would be a perfect pirate. I I would, I, love, I vouch for I would like Kwanda. I like Kwanda, but from what I'm reading, it's a Pau Torres. But Torres is nice on the ball too. He is. It, it in the Torres air. Torres is better on the ball than Kwanda, but Kwanda's more better uh, in the air. I think Kwanda is more like. If people are familiar with like Mycon and his prime, that's what Kwanda could ooh, be. Okay, okay, you know what I mean. Like someone that can play center back, but can also play right fullback. Um, so that's kind of like what I see in him. Uh, another German prospect reminds me of him too, and that's Armel Belakasha from uh, VL Bosham. So. Those are the two center back prospects. I'm real and Sebastian Bernayu from uh, Genk. R- three really impressive guys who are good on the ball, despite their tall statures. All three guys my, and Paul Torres is a six one. Don't get me wrong; he's not small, but Kwanda six three, right? And Almerakashep is six four. And I think for United, you know, maybe the idea of what Solskjaer wants is kind of having that advantage in set pieces. So having Holland up front. For example, gives you a poacher, a natural poacher. Yeah. Now in the back, Pal Torres He's six is three, more like what Pal you would Torres call is six three, not six one. Yeah, but Pal Torres is more like an Almiric Laporte. So yeah. he's more of a finesse type of like the physicality is not his game. Like Villarreal, right. like, or no, he's finesse. You see the games Villarreal finesse. loses for a reason. Yeah. Kwanda, I mean Sevilla is a physical ass team. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm not, you know, that's what the thing was with Kwanda. Now here's the thing with Kwanda: is he a right back or is he a center back? This is the same debate you, that could be had with guys like Teo Kura over at PSG. True. Even Abdul Diallo, is his future at left back or at center back? Nobody really knows. Um, 
And that's another guy that I think will be on the move too. I think PSG are going to have like three or four guys on the move for sure. Uh, yeah. And that's guys that I think those mid-market Premier League teams should be looking at, like a Villa, Absolutely. if they can't keep a Ross Barkley, or boost a West Ham if they can't keep Lingard. Right. Um, Great boost. In fact, if I were Everton, I would. I, I, Everton should go after Memphis Depay. Ooh. They should just make a call. They should make a call. I'm just saying because I think Memphis Depay wants some Premier League redemption. I mean, after his spell at United, and that's makes me sick. Well, he was still young, though. He so was he got young to go to a and, really top-class club. And he was hurt. So he, that's true, he too. never really found a rhythm. Speaking of United, though, yeah. there are three center backs who are being linked to United right now. Pau Torres, Rafael Varane, and Fofana. You notice the, you notice the frame they're looking for, mm-hmm. right? They're looking for a tall, slender, yeah. ball-friendly center back. Right. Right. I, I, and I, I, I'm not paying 65 million euros for Fafana. He's not that type of player. He's a $40 million player right now. Yeah. I think. Right. I mean, he had a great season. Yeah. I want to see him and Sionku together next year. I'd like that. I want to see the two of them now. Sionku is going to have a hell of a euro. So Lester might sell him. Uh, to me, Sionku is the better player um, than Fafana, even though Fafana's had a better impact on that team. But I think it's because of the guys they have in front of him, Yuri Tielemans. Right. Uh, Tielemans, especially. He, I mean, Sionku from the year before. Right. Like he, and Didi's been healthy this year, yeah, too. So. Yeah, it gives him freedom. James Justin. James Justin finally emerged. So when you look at United's United center back pairing, you have Maguire. We all know who Maguire is. Okay. Big, physical, not necessarily fleet footed. And who who's been paired with them? Victor Lindelof, who we've said time and time again, belongs more so as a uh, a holding mid. Eric Bailly, who can't stay healthy, and you know he's not on the bigger side. He's small, kind of like a more like a pit bull. So you bring in someone like a Pau Torres or a Verón, like guys of that frame and that stature. It could be a fear that he turns into another Lindelof. Right, right. Like I have that fear for Pau Torres. Right. I think if if I'm Pau Torres. The team I'm waiting on is Barcelona. He fits perfectly mm-hmm. there. Like you put him next to like uh, maybe if they keep Tadebo around and they can reframe that, or if they can keep some of these other defensive pieces around right. long term, right? Because that's what he is. Pal Torres right. is a number two center back pair. Now he doesn't have number one. He doesn't have like elite center back potential. Now, do you think like to me he's he's good? Do you think Villarreal would sell him to a League opponent, league rival like that? Well, every Spanish league player, La Liga, has a release clause. I believe for Pau Torres, it's 65 million euros. Yeah, it's 65. So that's the price they're going to set of that. Because Villarreal with Unai Emery, with the money they're paying Unai Emery in that contract, God, they haven't paid I managers quite like that in a while. Um, which, I mean, half of their draws this year could have easily been wins. They're very frustrating. They're. Um, they're kind of the Everton of La Liga. You know, they should be good. They have the talent on paper, but the execution is just... Right. Like I agree. Arsenal, too. Oh, Arsenal's in the same class. Yeah, like, yeah. Arsenal has all the names, but no results. None. Like, it's just... It's getting to the point with that with Villarreal. Like, Sevilla's fourth place comfortably. Villarreal should have been right in the hunt. Right. I mean, Parejo. I mean, Valencia are having their troubles, but it doesn't look like Valencia made a wrong move cutting Parejo. Parejo looks like dead weight. Brian, question then. I mean, Coquelin, Coquelin's, Coquelin's been okay. Yeah. 
But I mean, when you already have Fran Vasquez, who already likes to push forward, when you have Ocampos, who likes to push forward, a lot of those attacking players uh, leave you very susceptible to counterattacking situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the reason Sevilla hasn't been bit in the ass that much with it is because, one, they can't control how much better the other three teams ahead of them are. Right. Two, because no one in La Liga, there really hasn't been like a major bottom of the league score that's come up. Like Pretty much the whole scoring leaders are at the top of the table. Right. You know, the Suarez, the Benzema's, et cetera. The, the same old names we see every year. Right. So I think that's another reason. I think La Liga, the offense this year, has just been not that impressive. So, like, I was expecting more from some of the bottom to mid-level table teams in La Liga. So we talked about La Liga. We'll, we'll get back to them in a second. Real quick, Brian, before we switch back to La Liga, who do you have finishing in spots three and four in the Premier League when the season closes? I have no faith in Leicester at this point. Same. Um, Same. I think third, you know, I look at, let's talk about West Ham here um, because their schedule is very interesting. So their remaining games include Newcastle United, (laughs) uh, which will be played, which will be played uh, during or after you listen to this podcast. Um, Then they play Chelsea, right? Next Saturday. That's a big game. Right, that could literally decide third, right there. Yeah, then Burnley, which United have had West Ham have had trouble with Burnley the last couple of years. Everton, which West Ham United and Everton, that's a matchup that late in the season, that's another box office matchup because Everton are going to be trying to get uh, the final European spot. And then you have Brighton, West Brom, and Southampton. So basically, if West Ham can get wins against Newcastle, tie against Chelsea and not choke up against Burnley and Everton. They literally are the coast clear for the top four. So I'm going to say that Liverpool bounces back and finishes third. I'm going to go against the Klopp theory and say that Liverpool bounces back. They're going to play angry. Um, and that atta- their attack finds a little spark. And I think that spark is going to be having Diego Jota in there with Salah and Mane. I agree. And Jota's going to have to save them the way Jota saved Wolves last year. Like, that's pretty much what's going to end up having to happen again. I can see that happening. I got, I actually have West Ham. I have West Ham fourth, by the way. I got West Ham third, Liverpool fourth. That's why I see Tom. See, Chelsea's like weird because, like, I don't know what Tuchel, like. You don't. I think Chelsea, I think, here's the thing with Chelsea. I think they're going to put balls to the wall just winning the Champions League. Because if they win Mm -hmm. the Champions League, they're going to qualify for Champions League next Mm -hmm. year anyway. So they're not going to give a shit about that. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, we have Havertz, we have Werner, we have all this depth, so we don't care about that. So Way too much with Chelsea's depth, they should be, I mean, if Chelsea beats West Ham, West Ham are at best fifth, unless Chelsea choke up down the stretch, Fair. which I don't have to go through Chelsea's schedule because I think they know. still got to play Arsenal and I think they still got to play Man City. Yeah, So I, I don't trust Chelsea when it comes down to it. Even yeah, they, they got to play Man City, Arsenal, and Leicester the last no. three games for Chelsea. No, forget it. That's forget that's it. tough. And Brighton, that. and Brighton are the kind of game where that's a trap they game. would play like it would be a zero zero draw in the seventy fourth minute, and all of a sudden Graham Potter makes one little freaking tactic and he pulls that one out of his ass. Mm-hmm. So I mean, West Ham are tough, especially at um, where the Hammers are playing. Fulham have been kind of sneaky this year. Uh, City are gonna pounce them i mean city are basically a better version of chelsea and then arsenal i mean arsenal takes that game seriously 
So that might be personal. Uh, and then Lester at the end of the season, Lester's going to be playing for sixth place probably by that point. So there you go. Okay. And how is Lester worse than they were last year is beyond me. Beyond. I mean, they only lost Chilwell. They only lost Chilwell. True. Really. Who? Lester needs to find. We've said. I think we've said this before, but they need to find. They need to sign Nuno Mendes from Sporting. Well, if Sporting actually, I don't even know because if Sporting is going to win the Portuguese league, that means they're going to be in Champions League pause, next year. Pause. So By they're the way, screwed. As of today, I checked it before the, we, we started this recording. Sporting is still unbeaten, baby. Hell yeah. Still unbeaten. It's crazy. The Green Lisbon Club is finally going to win one. First time in 20 years. That's a little wild. bit of a comebacker here recently with Leeds coming back to the Premier League with, uh, you know, uh, just some of the other teams around Germany, like, uh, you know, Wolfsburg making a little bit of a comeback in Germany. We'll get to that as well. But let's get to La Liga. La Liga. Yeah. Um, so the cl- Atletico Madrid yep. are absolutely choking this thing away. Dude, and it there's to win. Me. It bothers there's me. It bothers lose, me. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Granada being an eighth, considering it's what their third season in La Liga, they have 11 wins too. That's not a week 39 points. Mm-mm-mm. Um, don't like their goal differential too much, but I mean they're a quality side on Diego Martinez. That's um, true. Somebody we'll talk about in the off season with managers. I'm sure he's going to get thrown around a lot of places. Uh, I'm, I've already talked about Villarreal to exhaustion. Batiste have had a nice season. Some of their young yeah. players that they put a lot of stock in a couple of years ago finally emerged. True, true. Sociedad was a little disappointing this year, like Villarreal. All these fucking draws, bro. I mean. Social Dad's frustrating. I want to literally throw bricks at a wall watching Social Dad. Same. Because you know what? Our Rizzo Ball is so talented. Alexander Isaac is so talented. It's like you would think it'd be easy to let those two kind of control the flow of play. But no. I mean, I thought bringing in David Silva would be like, oh, they would just put him in the kind of that right. you know, advanced playmaker role in a 4-3-3. No, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They so, don't know what they're doing. Clearly. But Social Dad aren't as good defensively as Villarreal or... Uh, Sevilla. Right. They're very. They're not in the same class defensively as those teams. Right. Their attack might be better. Yeah. But they're not quite there. Yeah. But Sociedad play a very. In, in past years, I've had fun watching Sociedad. They've been very awesome. They're my favorite Basque team by far. No offense to Bilbao, but um, it's just they're entertaining. You know, I mean, it's like uh, well, Leeds would build. I mean, Bilbao's um, Bielsa teams were interesting, but that's because of Bielsa, right? So, a Clasico was last weekend. Real Madrid versus Barcelona. I watched the match. It was a good game. It was a good game. Real Madrid did what they needed Messi to do. Messi in the end, though. Bro. Another matchup where Messi has the go-ahead chance in the end. It's and it was, starting to look like Paul George out there, man. It was a golden Messi chance. In the That's final a chance, moment. I think, maybe five years ago. We would have thought easily drained. Easily, it. he's draining that. That's that's clutch for Messi. I mean, he did it in 2013. Same exact shot. Same. Exact it was shot. literally the same exact in the shot. same spot too. I know. Yeah. Same spot. It's. And I McCoy's was saying out on the radio. Yeah. Too over there in Britain, he was like, "It was the same shot." Same. I. Thought, I don't know how he missed it. I thought, oh, this is this is this is. This but is that's case. one where a Luis Suarez was on the team. He would have been in that spot, and you know, Luis Suarez don't miss. He, Mister Opportunist. Like, if Luis Suarez were a WWE wrestler, he'd be Edge. The, there it is. The ultimate opportunity. I mean, he sacrificed a red card Dude. to win a World Cup semifinal. Crazy. I mean, a quarterfinal, I mean. I so Luis Suarez match, is like boss yesterday. of the wall. Brian, I'll say this, though. Oh. Watching that match, 
I've been impressed with two things from Real Madrid of late. Number one, the fact that they've all of a sudden found life. Well, it's the prelude. But number one. Wait till Rodrigo comes back. I've enjoyed Vinicius Jr. He's he's starting to come into some great form. It's going to be a Brazilian front four and a 4-2-3-1 oh, for Zidane for years. Man. Rodrigo, yep. Vinicius, yep. Renier, Renier. And then they're probably going to go grab Renato Agosto too, probably. Just I mean, just, just, just get everybody. Just because oh, he's, they he's can. really good, though. Now, Renato's a beast. He's not just a FIFA football manager stud. He's he's True. a real stud. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, I would say I've been impressed with and they've done this for the past two seasons and it's crazy because I I talk about them I'm talking about how Zidane needs to maybe start getting towards the youth again and move away from these guys but they always find a way to roll me back in. Tony Cruz and Luka Modric. Well, I mean, they kind of do a little bit of both, right? True. I mean, they put Freddie Valverde in there with Kroos and Modric and it balances them out. At times, um, yeah. No, well, Casemiro. Well, I shouldn't say that. Casemiro it's gets Casemiro, more tick. He gets more Modric tick. or Kroos with Casemiro. Right. Because they can't take Casemiro off the pitch. You can't do it. You can't. That, that's, that's the problem. I think that's the biggest need for Real Madrid this offseason is uh, defensive midfield. Yeah. For now, Weston McKinney type of player would be perfect for that. Ooh, uh, yeah. However, however, if PSG decides not to buy Danilo Pereira. Ooh. Real Madrid should pounce Ooh. immediately. That's a great You notice how good PSG has been defensively this year? I mean, great. for all their league un disasters, they've looked great in the Wait, wait, isn't David Alaba going to Real Madrid? Alaba's not a defensive midfielder. He can. I, mean, though. I would play him there. He can. I would play him there. Yeah, he can. I would play him he there. He can't. In that, yeah. in that match against PSG. I would play him there at this point in his career. In that match against PSG. Like a year, though. Yeah, he, um, what did he do? Oh, in that match against PSG was him and uh, Yoshua Kimmich, who played uh, in that holding right. role, and he did great. Kind of an inverted center back, basically. Yeah. It was, it was weird. If that's even a thing. I just invented it. Yeah, you just did, but it worked. He he put some great pressure right. from that spot, and we know Alaba. He's got a lethal left. He's got a cannon in, in, in that left foot. Right. If, I mean, he used to play left back mm-hmm. for a lot of games for Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. I think Real Madrid, the defensive midfield behind Casemiro. I mean, they don't need necessarily like they could probably go to South America and probably find like a prospect, yeah, somebody to like be a cover. Right. I mean. Um, one guy from Uruguay that comes to mind off the top of my head. He plays in Brazil, I think. And Manuel Ugarte. He was someone who almost Ooh, went to China like as a 19 No, I like him. Yeah. Ugarte has also been rumored to AC Milan before. So that might be a competition. So AC Milan, we'll get to the Serie I'll save the AC yeah, Milan stuff for the Serie Side note, you said South as far America. As Liga, hey, hold on, you said South America. Yeah. i got to bring this up real quick. Yeah. Folks, if you did not get yep. a chance to watch it, matches happen April 14th. It was the why is my brain cramping? Oh, the the uh, the Recopa, South America, the Sudamericana Recopa, the final. Okay, Palmeiras, Brazilian giant against Defensa y Justia from Argentina. That was one of the most entertaining cup finals I have ever watched in my life. Palmeiras comes in up 2-1 on aggregate, and they score a goal to go 3-1 on aggregate. Defensia Justia um, ends up in the 95th minute scoring the game, well, the aggregate tying goal out of nowhere. Palmeiras had just got a red card. 
in uh, extra time. Defensia's, uh, one of Defensia's players ends up getting a red card to the point where I don't know what was said or what happened. He was trying to fight somebody in the tunnel, chase somebody down the tunnel. It was crazy. Palmeiras, star uh, midfielder, gets a, gets a penalty opportunity in the first half of extra time. This dude is four for four in his career from penalties, misses the penalty. Match goes into extra time. I mean, goes to penalties. Defensia wins. David versus Goliath. Now, for some context, folks, that'd be the equivalent of like Chelsea losing to, I don't know, a team from like some like Slavia Prague. It would be the equivalent of that losing. And I don't say Slavia Prague because they're <laughs> jerks, but it'd be equivalent of them losing to like Slavia Prague in the Champions League final. It's just unthinkable. So if you get a chance, find the footage of that, find the replay. Great match to watch. Anyhow, back to La Liga. Um, Barcelona, as always, I feel like it's always a, a, a circus with Barcelona. Um, their president is talking about he expects Messi to stay, but they haven't even offered Messi a contract. Is this finally the season, this offseason, this summer window? Is this finally the time where Messi pulls his Tom Brady and leaves? Right. That's, you know, the Brady situation in New England, I got to see happen firsthand crumble for over three years. So the Brady Patriot story, just very quickly, it was it took a three year cycle of, OK, certain players go, certain amenities aren't met, certain expectations weren't met and certain promises were broken. For Messi, all the above happened. All right. Yeah. I mean, if I'm leading on Messi, right, PSG could sell Mbappe. You could have Ronaldo Neymar as your teammates yeah. with the opportunity to bring in almost any nine you want if they can get a cardio. Probably Moisekin, honestly, because I know I Ronaldo keep, could I vouch would keep Moisekin, bro. I'd, I'd First of all, Ronaldo would, Ronaldo would vouch for Moisekin. Right. Right. Yeah. And Moisekin, what I've loved about Moisekin's game, of course, he's he's had a resurgence playing for PSG. And then Chupa Motang off the bench. I mean, he can. Oh, that's right. I forgot he's going to be coming back from loan from Bayern. But with Moise Keen is also his work. Like his work rate has been great and has enabled guys like a Neymar and an Mbappe to do what they do. It's freed them up to be able to do that. So I can only imagine what Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar are going to be able to do if they have a Moise Keen. Um, and then behind them, you still have Paredes, who man. obviously has played with Messi before. Ooh. Uh, Verratti, who's a very solid midfielder in his own right. And if they keep Daniel Pereira around, that's a great Jeez. group of midfielders. Ooh. I know. Pereira, that's brutal. That's your starting lineup. Mm. Never mind Gaia and yeah. Sarabia. Sarabia, obviously, mm. you know, could probably... Sarabia, they might want to push out the door. They didn't pay much for him. It's just Sarabia is not a PSG player. True. He's good. He's not to that level. Uh, Everton should be knocking on the door, by the way. So... That's a guy Everton should be going after because Sigerson and him rotating at the 10 would be kind of perfect for them. Yikes. Okay. So, Messi, you, you see Messi gone this, this, uh, this summer window? I would love to see him go to PSG. Um, you know, I think the a possibility of Mbappe going. I mean, even if, like, for example, if Barcelona were to kind of swoop in and grab somebody. Like Barcelona's better off. I like those. I like that young group they got. Same. I believe in it. Same. I'm all about Pedri. Yep. I was. I have gone 180 on Francisco Trincao in six months. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you, oh yeah. You have. I wasn't. I wasn't. 
I was off. I was pessimistic because I'm like, no, you can't hit on Liao, Felix, and Trey. there's no way one of them's got a dud. Yeah, one of them's got a dud. Okay, and none of them dudded so far. Uh, Liao is still sensational. Like, I mean, for herself, and then Felix got hurt, which is sad. Right. That hurts Athletic Madrid's chances. But I mean, I just, I just want to see it. You know, I mean, I think well, with Valverde, we like imagine if like. I mean, and then it's Pochettino, too. Another guy who's familiar with Messi. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you like, think- it's like Real Madrid. Like, what, for Champions League, PSG pretty much put themselves right back into the quarterfinals again. Automatically. Do you think there's any... Uh, do you think Man City has a shot? Because if they get Mbappe's wage off the book, then they can afford Ronaldo and Messi. Do you think Man City has a shot at Messi? Ah. Uh, I'm going to go no because of Aguero, even. Ah, uh, okay. That's fair. Where does Aguero, I think if Aguero stayed, it would have been. Much where does better. Aguero land? Well, I mean, he could go to PSG too. So, do, so are we are not. we looking at are we looking at PSG turning into? It's an all-in two-year deal. Yeah, are I we, could see them offering Messi a three-year deal, Aguero a two-year deal, and then getting Ronaldo for a swap. Uh, uh, somebody. Are we looking at PSG turning into soccer's version of the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah. That would be possible. I mean, PSG is the only team that can really afford that. That's so right. crazy, Brian. Especially if they... I mean, here's the thing. Because they can sell Mbappe, they can cut out a couple loan deals that right. were supposed to be permanent, right. right? So even if you were to sell Mbappe, I would not cut the loan for Daniel Pereira. I would sign him permanently. Yeah, that's Let's see if they did that. Sure. They end the Mbamute thing, right? And Mbamute, uh, Chupa Mute makes yeah. like 2 or $3 million a year. Yeah. And then they decide to move on from Juan Bernat, for example. Oh, so if they sell those, if they let go of all those guys, that should accumulate themselves at least three hundred fifty million dollars. Three hundred fifty million euros is a lot to play with. Right. So if you really That's look scary. at the grand scheme of things, Juve they won't want a big fee for Ronaldo. They might take fifty million euros and say a swap for Abdul Diallo. I think they said. I think they said thirty-five mil. They'll sell him for thirty-five. Even better, because Messi will probably sign for $35 million a year. So that's $70 million over two years. That's going to be probably about the same for Ronaldo. And then Aguero is going to be somewhere in that 10 to $15 million range, right? Isn't Aguero on a and free? And then at that point, they could I mean, they could get Aguero on a free. Aguero's coming on they a free. They can get Messi on a free. Jeez. That's right. Oh. You got Aguero, Messi, and Ronaldo. And then you swap, they, you swap that out for, say, Sarabia and Mbappe and... I mean, you might want to move on from a guy and try to find a way to use that money to sign Pereira, um, because obviously Pereira is not going back to Porto. True, true. So that's that. that imagine if they had him though; Ooh, they could have gone a lot further. For sure, that's they're beating Chelsea for sure. So, so Brian, this is really looking like the Brooklyn Nets situation. They could do it because they can afford wild. it. And I mean, if you look at the worth the COD deals that just came out, right, and all the online pundits have made their opinions on it. And that's it, and it's all agreeable. PSG are one of the few clubs uh, in that top twenty, like Everton and like uh, Leicester, that don't have a lot of debt. Now Le- Leicester are operating on high property True. costs to their comparison, but that's also because maybe their stadium's not the same yeah. size as some of those Tiger other Tiger Power Arena. Right, but if you have PSG, the march the marketing brand is selling itself. The fact they can pretty much guarantee they're going to finish first or second at worst. In La Le- in in league on, and then never mind the fact you're guaranteeing yourself to go to the quarterfinals of the Champions League, and then yeah. you're 
they have a worldwide profile because you have Neymar and Mbappe. And, and even if you sell Mbappe to Real Madrid, they got Jordan Brand. I, take Federico Valverde. Take um. Take you know. Ask you know Real Madrid's got so many players they could swap out. Crazy. Like take Ceballos and Isco, take Asensio in this, take guys that can you can fill the depth. Odegaard, that's what I would do if I'm PSG. Odegaard would be sensational on PSG. That would be a robbery, by the way. Pochettino would literally turn people would forget who Christian Eriksen is. Who like when people talk about Bill Walsh, when Bill Walsh quarterbacks, right? So before Joe Montana, he had this guy by the name of Ken Anderson in Cincinnati. Oh, now, yeah. Ken Anderson yeah. is probably the best quarterback to not be in the Hall of Fame. So imagine that. Ken Anderson was the first quarterback in NFL history to complete 70% of his passes in a season. Wild. Hall of Fame. That's wild. In the 70s, mind you. Wow. So that's the comparison. Christian Eriksen would become the Ken Anderson, the Odegaard being like the god of PSG as a number 10. However, there is another option, and that's PSG were to not sign Messi or Ronaldo and maybe just decide to go a little bit, you know, we'll go with a domestic splash, if you will. Okay. So say they go after Depay from Leon. They okay. just take him. Okay. Bam. They go get Zaha from Crystal Palace. They finally make that happen. And then in the midfield, they swap out and they get, um, well, actually, you know what? Give him Sidibe at left back to replace Bernat. I kind of like that idea. I'm not mad at that, Brian. I'm not mad at that. Um, I mean, Juan Bernard clearly isn't going to stay there long term. They don't really have any interest. It's like the Mounier situation. Just mm -hmm. avoid that. Yeah. yeah. And then they got to move on from Diallo, too. Because if they're not going to play him. Oh, yeah. You move him. Yeah. I mean, Sebastian Coates, um, the Argentine center back from Sporting, mm -hmm. could be on the market for PSG. Uh, I just don't think Sporting are going to be losing players like Nuno Mendes or... Sure. Guys like Paulinho to Champions League level clubs if they're going to be there next year. True, true. The the club that could be in trouble, however, is Benfica. Benfica is going to get poached. Dude, took the words right. So out guys like um, guys like Everton Wanderlei, uh, Luca Waldschmidt, um, Darwin Nunez, uh, Julian Weigel, um, You know, I mean, the talent on the Benfica team. Odie, <laughs> I'd like to see Odie leave uh, Liga Nos and go somewhere else. I think Odysseus would be a good goalie. If Hugo Lloris decides to go to PSG to replace Navas, I think Tottenham, if Mourinho's still the manager, I can guarantee Odie's going to be mentioned for sure. Um, he said Tottenham. But, hey, uh, I don't know about the, Tottenham in him. You know, Mourinho. but I'll tell you what, Odie, if, 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 Greek, if Greek soccer were a little bit higher profile, we would know who Odysseus is at this point. Big facts. He's the most slept on. I think he's the most slept on keeper in Europe uh, talent-wise. Like He is sensational. Um, he's got good reach for a guy his size. He's six four. If he bulks up a little and gets to that two hundred pound range, he would be. He's going to be really good. Um, very Peter Check like potentially, mm -hmm. and he's only twenty four. so he's, he's got, got a long time. way to go. Yeah, he's got time. Yeah, plenty of time. And Larice was brought over at Tottenham around that same age, right? So, Brian. I mean, he's not going to be like De Gea in his peak, though. I don't think his peak is that high. But I think that's but Peter. Pet I mean, Peter Check. Let's. That's not. That's no slash it either. But I mean, like that's what he look. That's the frame he has. Like that's the way he kind of he kind of carries himself the same way. Yeah. But talent wise, he's kind of like he's not. He's a step below that. But he's still really good. Like he's good in set pieces. Uh, he punches the ball really well. It's just that Benfica decides to put thirty year old center backs next to him for the last couple of years, right. and they're old as piss. Right. So like Odamendi and Vertonghen, for example. <laughs> Ugh. 
Like, five years ago, I'd be like, hey, all right, I'm rocking with that. But, you know, this ain't FIFA 15. This is FIFA 21. Right, right. So, Brian, let's yeah. switch gears real quick. We'll head on over to Serie A, and then we'll dive into uh, some relegation talk. But Serie A, Brian, I think we... Yeah, this relegation battle's pretty much over, yeah, too. I think right. Cagliari's screwed. P- poor Parma. You know, now they're going to have to figure out what to do with Josh Xerxes. And Xerxes a disaster. Yikes. Yikes. I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. I'll be honest. I, 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 thought I wanted were, to I convince myself that Xerxes wasn't just a stationary number nine, but he really is like a stationary number nine. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Yeah. You can't be that in Italy. Not at all. If you're not going to be physically imposing, yeah, you can't exactly. do that. Exactly. If you're not going to be Romelu Lukaku, you better have some. Uh, Chiro Mobile. Chiro Mobile is a good model for Xerxes if he wants Ooh, to rebound. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. That's, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of step he's going to have to take. Um, I'm impressed with the fact that Sassuolo have become kind of the best of the rest in Italy um, because I expected a little more from Fiorentina despite the fact they sold a lot. I expected more from Torino, to be honest, but. Berlotti saves the day again. Um, now, Andrea Bellotti is someone that keeps getting mentioned with the United circles. And United fans don't know what to think of Bellotti. I'll tell you what I think. They're looking at... Well, go ahead. I'll take him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think Juventus might be making a move for, for Bellotti. I think AC Milan could look at him kind of as a long-term Zlatan replacement. That was something I mentioned in a previous show after the extension. Um, Inter Milan don't have any money at this point, so they're out. Inter um, Milan is not going to have money for a while. They're not going to have money for at least two or three years because of the Hakimi deal and the way the Lukaku deal was. And also so, the team that, uh, that own, I'm sorry, the company that owns them. Right. A Chinese company. Never mind, but Roma. I mean, I'm surprised with Roma. I mean, they're in seventh. They still have a chance to get um, a six. I don't think fifth is attainable to them at this point. I think Napoli are just playing way too good. Um, for Atalanta to finish fourth and have a chance to finish second again is nuts, right? The whole ordeal with Papo Gomez. Crazy. Oh, they need Papo Gomez. I've always like, why, why does everyone give Papo Gomez the credit? Like, he's he's like this, like, you know... It's like people try to. It's unfortunate that Gomez, you know, yeah, he's at Sevilla and Sevilla been nice. He's kind of fit into his own, but Atalanta didn't need him. But that's what I'm glad we proved. True. I mean, Italy's going to be deep the next couple of years. Yeah, there's going to be like a three way title race coming back. Those days are coming. Ooh, back. I'm here for it too. I mean, not much to talk about the top because I mean, Inter have already pretty much won. Milan, there. I mean, Milan. I think AC Milan. I actually, you know, I'm going to make a really shocking um, assessment here. I think AC Milan are going to choke it all away and finish fifth. Whoa. Yeah. Fifth. Napoli's playing that good right now. Napoli's playing that good right now. So let's go through Napoli's last couple games because there's nothing to talk about in the relegation battle in Italy. It's boring. So let's talk about the last couple games for Napoli because this is really why. Inter Milan and Napoli play. If Napoli can get a draw out of that game Sunday, then they're off to the races because it's Lazio at home. Torino, a team that's struggling, and they crushed them the first time. Cagliari, who, I mean, come on, they're a freaking disaster. Spezia are a disaster. Udinese suck. Fiorentina sucks. And Verona at the end of the season. So, I mean, to me, Napoli look like a team that are primed to finish in the Champions League places after everything that happened. I mean, I talked about it uh, two weeks ago on the last show. Napoli have a chance to really rebound here. It's true. That's true. If they didn't start like trash beginning of the season, they'd be in the title race right now. 
That's so crazy. That is yeah. Wild. Gattuso was the right hire. You know, it's crazy. I I, I got to give Napoli a lot of credit. They every time they fall off, they always fall off very dramatically, very Shakespearean like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then they rise again. It's 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 weird to me. But hey, maybe it's the spirit of Maradona this year. Yikes! That's could be a you two. know what. That could be it too. That might be it. You love Naples, man. Oh. You loved it out there. Saved his Probably life. Probably the happiest he was in his whole career, too. Saved his so. life. Brian, let's yeah. let's let's take it to some relegation talk. What's the relegation battle across the, the major European leagues that has you that you're keeping your eye on? Well, Germany's interesting because there's quite a bit of talent on Cologne and Hertha Berlin and Mines. Quite a bit of talent on those three teams. Uh, never mind Schalke, too. Um, of course, you know, we're talking with Schalke. They're already gone. So if FC Köln loses out, imagine how much of a cop-out that's going to be for uh, Borussia Dortmund when they can get Timo Horn on a cut rate uh, instead of having to pay full price for a goalie, especially with the Onana situation pairing out the way it did at Ajax. Very unfortunate for my boy Andre Onana. But... um. I just think, yeah, Germany's really the only interesting relegation battle because England's kind of done. La Liga, you know what? La Liga's got a couple of interesting pieces here because of Valladolid. Getafe aren't clearly out of the clear yet. and But I just think Ibar, Elsha, and Alaves are pretty much going to be the three the three teams relegated like at this point. Um, Valencia are at 34 points, which means they're probably going to be safe at this point in time. And then even in France, like, it's not like... It's not like anyone's surprised by the fact that like Dijon are completely awful or that Nantes are going to go back down. I mean, Nîmes, Lorient, and probably Brest will probably fight out for that last spot. But then again, Bordeaux and Strasbourg have the same exact record. So true. Um, but I think they're kind of in the clear. I mean, in England, England's kind of boring already. So, like, I think we pretty much have the three teams relegated. I don't think West Brom. Or Fulham are going to catch Newcastle, which will will wow. well, yeah. Newcastle's transition. Uh, Newcastle's a mess. Uh, you know, I'm not going to believe any of this ownership talk, transfer talk, until it actually happens. Um, quite frankly, I'm done. I'm done with it because Mike Ashley has no intention on selling the team unless he can make like he wants like a deal that like Donald Sterling got from the Clippers. So that's pretty much what he wants. Now, it's crazy that the Saudi crown prince wanted Boris Johnson to mediate the deal. Bro, what is this? So that tells me he wanted a deal to get done. I mean, sell him Newcastle Brewery, too, for all I care. Okay. I'm more of a Guinness guy anyways. Oh, Brian. Exactly. Brian. I feel like Newcastle has been the laughingstock. At least on this program, them and, and Barcelona have been the laughing stock since the end of last season. Looking at this Newcastle team, where they're at now, is this more an issue of coaching, the debacle that's going on over transfer of sale, or this team just has no identity? Um. I think it's a mixture of all three. Uh, One, Steve Bruce is a terrible coach. Now, Rafa Benitez was able to get this team to ninth, right? Or 13th? 13th, 9th, whatever. 13th, yeah. So, like, 13th, and all of a sudden, Newcastle fans were cheering for Rafa Benitez. 
That tells you how horrible it is to be a Newcastle fan right now. However, there is going to be some kind of saving grace here for Newcastle, right? So, despite the fact that Joe Linton was a complete fucking disaster, but we knew that from the start, right? That that he was never worth the $40 million a year play deal. He was never worth that. Bro. But they got St. Maximum, who's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Miguel Almiron. Almiron's productive when he's, when he's in there. Um, I hate that whole midfield. Throw that whole midfield out in the trash. Even John Joe oh. Shelby? John Joe Shelby is, can be the first one out the fucking door. <laughs> I, I, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> that's just that whole midfield needs to go. Just uh. just get the fuck out of here. Like, go get uh, Jean-Philippe uh, Gabamine. Give him a redemption from Everton. Um, go go snag some other midfielder from the middle of nowhere. Go get some English kid from League One who's probably better than John Joe Shelby is. It's like, it doesn't matter at this point, Osahan. It's a mess. Like, for a team as bad as they were in the midfield, and you didn't think to even call Jude Bellingham's agent. You no. were freaking... I they paid $40 million for Jude Bellingham. At least I could justify... At least with Sheffield United, they paid $30 million for Sander Burge. Now, I will shit on that Re- Ryan Brewster deal till the end of time. That was horrible. But Sander Burge was a talented player because there were eight or nine other teams ready to pay that same fee yeah. for Sander Burge. Yeah. I don't think there were five teams going after Joe Linton the way that Newcastle was. Heck no. They went after him yeah, like he was a prized possession. <sighs> they wanted to literally copy Newcastle and think that he... Basically, they got tall, skinny, poor man's Firmino. Ugh. That's what they got. Ugh. I mean, he's but he. I like him next to Callum Wilson, though. True. I I do like those two. True. And then have Almiron tucked in as kind of like an advanced playmaking midfield, and then you have, but then you can't really play same maximum at a, as a wing. You have to use him as kind of a right midfielder, and that kind of puts you in a mess because I'd rather have Matt Ritchie in that spot. True. True. And I'd rather see have the only Newcastle players worth keeping. The only Newcastle players worth keeping at this point. Uh, both goalies are fantastic. That's 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 a strength for Newcastle. Congratulations, wow. <laughs> you are good at the one position. Th- that's one position. Uh, I like Callum Wilson, that striker, sensational, right? I, I think he's fantastic. I like Ryan Fraser. I like Matt Ritchie. So you're good out wide. I think out wide they're and solid. a goalkeeper, they're, yeah, they're really solid. good because Saint Maximum Almiron can play out there. Wow. Um, Joe Linton's talented on the left side. And Matt Ritchie can even play up on the right side of town. But in the middle? Where they freaking suck the middle, in the midfield. Brian. Because I don't even think their defense is that bad. No, I don't not. think defensively they're as bad as they – I mean, I think set pieces they're bad because, again, their midfielders are horrible. Like, if you swapped out Newcastle's midfield for even Sheffield United's midfield, I think Newcastle have another five points. Dang. Because that's the that's the difference a Sander Burge can make on a team where Callum Wilson's the striker and Debravka or I forget who the other goalie is, but he's been good too. Um, but Newcastle, they're fine. Like they shouldn't be this bad. What was that? I said that's it's frustrating to see. Yeah, I mean Newcastle shouldn't should be better than Burnley, right? I mean they should be better than. I mean right now, I mean right, Newcastle realistically should be on the same level. As Leeds, Villa, and Wolves. Like somewhere in between there. That's wild. Absolutely wild. And right now they're they're at 32 points. So they're six to eight points behind their own pace. And a lot of it is because of their own freaking doing. I mean, Steve Bruce is a horrible manager. I mean, I can't even justify it at this point. Can't even justify it. 
But here's the thing with Newcastle. Steve Bruce will get the mercy because Newcastle's just that much of a freaking shit show. Now, if I'm Mike Ashley, I try to sell the team. I should have sold the team two years ago. And then they could have had Eddie Howe already at the fold. Ooh. And they could have made this work. Now you can't hire Eddie Howe because you brought two players who you got really disgruntled with towards the end. So you can't really bring Eddie Howe now. So the best chance you have at bringing a manager over from England is if you can pay more than Rangers can for Gerrard, which, I mean, at this point, if Rangers is going to be in the Champions League next year, then I'm staying. Okay, I'm not playing. I'm not going to Newcastle to leave a Champions League Scottish night. Right, right. However, what about Neil Lennon from Celtic? I feel like if Newcastle got someone that has a little bit of a winning pedigree. Now, Rodgers moved from Celtic to the Premier League and had a good adjustment. Um, Neil Lennon, I think, is a little bit more um, grounded. Then say Rogers is a little bit more free flowing. I think for Newcastle True. that would fit. Yeah. Very blue collar, very blue collar fan base. Uh, Celtic are a very blue collar fan base in its own right. I think it's a, I think it's a good fit schematically. Um, another one because I think he's definitely going to get fired is Hassan Huda at Southampton. Oh yeah, um, and that that whole thing fell off the table. They don't have any depth. He waited way too long. He didn't get the replacement for Hoiberg. I mean, they were lost oh, yeah. to Hoiberg, and yeah. Kyle Walker-Peters was really impressive this year, first half of the year. So I'll give him that. I yeah, think the Walker-Peters deal ends up being more even. Crapped on him. Like yeah. I didn't like it. I mean, you're basically getting a C-level back for a, a B-level midfielder. But at the same time, Tottenham have not gotten the results. But then against Southampton, ever since the Danny, ever since Shea Adams and Danny Ings injuries back-to-back, they've been off balance. Right. So basically, you know, the poor the poor man's Leicester of the Premier League, Southampton. Congratulations. Tough world, cold world. Brian. I mean, at least with Wolves, right? I mean, all the injuries they have, and they're still kind of... If it wasn't for Jimenez getting hurt, they would be in the thick of things in the Europa race. They'd be in that top six race. Otherwise. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. Neves has been great for them. Um, Pedro Neto. Probably his best year at Wolves. Be. Yeah. And another one has, I mean, Nettles had a breakout year. Yeah. That's another forward for Portugal. Another hit. Yeah. Bam. It's been I mean, I hopefully want to see, I want to see if Wolves are going to, I mean, here's the thing. I think if I'm Nuno Santos at Wolves, this is the year that if I'm going to go to get another job, this is the year. However, here's a scenario, a little international talk here because the Euros are coming up. Now, Germany, Hansi Flick is rumored to take over at Germany, right? Jurgen Klopp goes to Bayern. Yep. yep. John Henry, obviously, um, at Liverpool, who does he hire as a replacement? How much you want to bet Nuno Santos is probably at the top of the list? Holy shit. Because if you hire Nuno Santos, Liverpool now has the back door to George Mendes' client. Liverpool has no in. Liverpool has no in for George Mendes' clients, and John Henry could easily make that happen. I mean, this is like very similar to Dombrowski bringing Tony Larusa on as a man, as a as a consultant to try to help lure some free agents, help train some, co- you know, get some get some coaches that you know, have a little bit of prestige. It's something that the bigger clubs have done traditionally. Um, and obviously, I mean, if I'm Nuno Santos, the only jobs I would really leave Wolves for are a top six England side, a top four Spanish side. Um. PSG or Leon, 
which I don't think either of those jobs are going to open up anytime soon. Or maybe I don't think Nuno would work in Germany. That wouldn't work. So basically that's, or maybe Inter or AC Milan or Juve. That's pretty much it. Unless the Portugal job opens up. Because if Fernando Santos, he's 71. Unless. If they were to go, if Fernando Santos goes out winning two Euros and Bro. decides to retire Bro. after this Euro. Right off into goat the Goat status. Goat status. And keep in mind, that guy won an under-20 World Cup with a roster that included Rui Figo, Pauletta, yeah. and yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pauletta, Rui, Rui Costa Figo, Sergio Constachow, who made headlines. Sergio Constachow, I'm telling you, that man wants to box. He wants he to fight everyone. And he needs to. He's a brawler. I just want to see him do it. Throw him in a cage with Logan Paul. Yeah. But he played like that, too. He Nobody did. should be surprised. He was feisty. I'm, I remember watching him at yeah. Inner. He was, he was something else. I forgot who said that on Sky Sports. Uh, no, Roy Keane said that. Roy Keane's like, he played like that. And was surprised. Yeah. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Yeah. Because they were talking about him going after Man City and, of course, Raheem Sterling going after him. Sterling didn't have a problem with the way that Pepe played that. True, true. Which I thought was interesting. True. Sterling has gone downhill since then, though. Poor Raheem Sterling. So, here's my whole thing, right? If I'm looking at the big coaching hires out there, right? Now, what's the biggest job that could open up? I mean, Bayern is automatic because if Flick takes Germany, Flick can't say no to Germany. So other than Bayern, what's the biggest job that's going to open up this offseason? I mean, Pep's staying at City. Yeah. Coleman's probably not going to leave Barcelona. Nah, they're going to give him at least another year or two. Or he's going to give himself another year I thought he did well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Simeone, Simeone can choke the whole thing and finish fourth and still not get fired at Athletic. True, true. Um, Poch, I mean, yeah, that's not going to happen. So the biggest job could be Liverpool if Klopp were to go to Bayern. And you know what? Based on the Klopp timeline, it is seven years. Brian, that's so wild. It was six and a half years at Mines, six and a half years at Dortmund. This right. is a seventh season. Brian, that's so, outrageous. But... I think I said this once. I'll say it again until the summertime really hits. This summer is going to be extra exciting in the beautiful game. Euros, mm-hmm. transfer window, it just got postponed, but everything that comes off on the heels of the Euros, there's already discussion of different player movements, coaching changes. Brian, we're here for it. We love it. The race to the finish. And once those squad selections come out, we're going to be debating the squad Oh, for sure. For Some sure. Some of these rosters are so... I mean, the whole France roster needs, like, a whole episode because, like, France is so freaking deep. Honestly, France should be allowed to send a B team. France might be Just the to see deepest, if the B team could beat the... That might be the deepest national team I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. I think the B team and the A team could probably go head-to-head 10 times, and I think it would be 7-3 to three A team. Like, 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 but if you take three or four players off the A team and just let B and B two play, yeah, it gets interesting. It's really close. That would be fun. France has, I think, per position, minimum two players, two players deep, maybe even three. Some positions four. Like it's, I mean, goalie, goalkeeper, they're about two deep. Um, arguably three, but I think they're very much too deep. Midfield, they got like at least sixteen or seventeen borderline world class, world class players. Um, attacking, I mean, they got Mbappe, Griezmann, there Giroud, go. there you go, uh, Lacazette, Mateta, 
I mean, Matata won't even sniff the French team, but he's on the under 23s, I think. Not the 21s. Yeah, you started a couple years ago for Mines. Yeah. He was really good. Ugh. And then, oh, yeah, there's a, they're under 20, they're under 21 side is better than most teams' national teams. Because of Camavinga, which Camavinga should be on the French Say roster. It. In fact, Say I would probably it. start him. I would Say probably it. start him. Say it. Now, Conte. Like Conte would be the one that I would leave off the starting lineup in exchange for Camavinga. But and that's and there's yeah, no knock to Conte on that. I think Conte is a no. great bench piece for that French team. A veteran, solid leadership, can come in, help solidify, uh, uh, help play that holding role, especially if France is getting deep in a game. And then I mean, you can probably play Camavinga and Conte as a double DM a double if you pivot. really wanted to yeah, use your wing. Pivot. If you wanted to use both your wing backs as in the attack, you can probably do that. Right. Have them both as I mean, Conte gives you that flexibility. And then in the midfield, I mean, you could put anybody you want as that solo midfielder. There's a lot of workhorse midfielders there in France. I mean, you can literally go down the list. Any of those top twenty guys, you can put there. Any of them. So that's wild. Absolutely wild, Brian. Any of them. Well, Brian. Hassan Awar, you know, I mean, oh my god. Does he move to Arsenal? I think that's a great place, Ryan, for us to call full-time. Another beautiful, brilliant episode of the Reformed Hooligans podcast. Folks, if you want to get in touch with us, head on over to tssaw.com. Again, that's tssaw.com with, um, what do we got left? We have Europa League semis and Champions League semis. We didn't discuss it on here. We'll discuss it next time. But there's the potential for an all England Europa and Champions League finals. Stay tuned for all of that, guys. But holla at us, check us out today. As always, your host, Osan, co host Osan, and my host, Brian. Today, Brian, I don't know what were we. We'll, we'll ah, you know what? We were Paul Pogba and Kamavanga today. That's what we were young, fresh, exciting. Yeah, that's a having to play those two in the Euros, man. No. Dude, wild. I'm not looking forward to that. No. They can only play one of them. That's not fair. It's not. The fact that we're saying this, them in the same lineup, outrageous. But yeah. y'all, catch you on the next one. Friends, family, and as always, friends who become family. We do this for y'all. We out.